CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called the Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. Recently, we were able to talk to several members of the cast and the director of the new action horror film, Triggered. These are three interviews that were recorded separately, but we have included them all for you in one Sincast recording. So, without further ado, enjoy these interviews, and make sure you check out Triggered, available on demand and digital November 6th. You know, we just had to cut our catering budget by half, you know, to cover the food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then everyone was complaining about the cold hot dogs we were eating. We were like, well, we got Sean Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins from CinemaSins. Hello, hello. And today we have a very special guest. It is actor Sean Cameron Michael, who is in the movie Triggered, uh, coming out on November 6th. And uh, Triggered is about uh, a bunch of, uh, like, I guess, uh, college-age kids, maybe? I don't know. I can't remember how, how, how old they're supposed to be. That very, wake very, up. very annoying what? kids. <laughs> i'm sorry very annoying kids very annoying kids <laughs> yes exactly you get that right off the bat there's no doubt about it um uh and uh they wake up uh with these packs strapped to them uh that uh have timers on them that are set to explode and the only way that they can get more time is by killing each other sean you play mr peterson in triggered and uh, you are the sort of the the person who sets all of this in motion. Is that too much of a spoiler at all? No, 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 not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, Peterson, Mr. Peterson is or was basically their science teacher when they were all at school. And um, yeah, I mean, so they all know him from school as their science teacher. And what happened a couple of years ago was his son, Caleb, died from a drug overdose. And um, his wife then also um, subsequently committed suicide. And so Mr. Peterson is basically seeking revenge. He believes that these nine very annoying school kids are somehow to blame for his son's death. And mm -hmm. so he uh, basically, yeah, takes them hostage. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a nearly uh, almost sinister laugh you gave there. <laughs> um, uh, but um, uh, I, I, one thing I want to sort of backtrack on a little bit, I, I noticed that you have 98 credits on the IMDb. And uh, I was wondering what your life is like, uh, <laughs> where you are in maybe, I don't know, you're in like, five movies or more every year and i just wanted to know because you see people who have this uh this this sort of you know you look at like an eric roberts or somebody like that that does like 10 movies in a year and you're like how does he do that i mean i know a lot of times it's just small stuff but 
Tell me what your life's like. Where do I begin? <laughs> you mean you mean you mean pre pre COVID or since COVID? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, will, I will take both. Actually, that's that's a totally fine thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've been I've been doing this crazy acting thing since I was a teenager, and um, my parents were both involved in the entertainment industry, and so. I yeah, from a young age, um, I think at the age of like twelve, I did my first professional, you know, stage production musical, and um, you know, so I've always sort of had the acting bug, and throughout my life, I've I've really just tried to you know do as much work as I can to survive as an actor, um, and um, you know, originally from South Africa, um, and relocated um, to the states about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really been, a, you know, I, I never went to, you know, university or anything like that. So it was really sort of on the job training for me. So sort of in my twenties, I sort of started off as an, as an extra, then became a featured extra and then started, you know, got myself an agent and started auditioning for, you know, TV series and movies and did commercials and voiceovers and TV presenting and really sort of, you know, from the sort of ground up, really sort of tried to learn the craft and sort of perfect the craft and, I think after three decades and 98 credits, I'm slowly getting the hang of it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is is it literally just like going from one set to another? Do you have... Do you have some actual time uh, in between movies uh, a lot of times? Um, There's always... I mean, you know, for for most actors, you know, 90% of the time we're auditioning. You know, we're auditioning and doing self-tapes and facing rejection on a daily basis so but in between in between um, you know in between auditions and that I'm also doing you know I'm doing short films and music videos and you know always collaborating with um, you know with actors and directors and writers and producers and so very much over the past sort of 15 years you know um, being very much involved in the in the indie sort of film industry um, so um, and that has, you know, luckily the older I sort of get, you know, the, these sort of things sort of pay off. They sort of come full circle. So where I maybe, you know, did a short film for somebody 10 years ago, I met um, sort of the, the first AD on that set. And he said to me, the South African sort of said to me, hey, Brew, you're an amazing actor, hey. One day I'm going to cost you as a lead role in my movie, Brew. And, and, then, <laughs> and, then like, and then like literally I was, I was in Los Angeles I'd, I'd just got my green card, relocated to LA, and um, and got this email from this guy that I'd met ten years ago in the short film set, and he said, "Okay, I finally it's taken me ten years, but I've I finally got the feature film ready. We've got the money in place. Do you want to come back to South Africa and do this movie for me?" So, yeah, it's it's really a case of you know I've always wanted to you know keep as busy as possible and you know collaborate with you know with writers and filmmakers and. Um, I've always sort of had this attitude of, you know, I never want to stop, you know, learning and growing um, as an artist and as a person. So it's, um, yeah, it's really, it's really just a case of, you know, keeping busy. And um, and there are months, obviously, where, you know, where it is quiet and, you know, the whole industry or the whole entertainment industry as an actor is a roller coaster. Um, I tend to sort of book three projects in a row 
and then maybe sit and then do work on those and sort of maybe then sit for a couple of months and so I'm busy screenwriting or I'm busy coaching young actors and then I'll then book my next three projects and coincidentally usually those projects all have the same name or similar names <laughs> so, like, right. so like I'll do a movie called Last Broken Darkness and then after that I'll then book my next movie which is The Last Days of American Crime and, right, and, right. And, then, and then I'll book another movie called The Last Victims so I'm going <laughs> through the last phase and um, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm in South Africa and now I'm going through my B phase so I've just finished working on a local movie here, an Afrikaans movie. I won't mention the name of it, but it starts with a B. And this, and uh, on Friday, I start working on a TV series, which also starts with a B. So I'm, oh, I'm, just, wow. waiting, I'm just waiting for the third one. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? This is this is probably stupid, but have you ever? Have you ever like gotten on a set and and think it was some other movie that you were supposed to be on, or or like start reading lines from another movie on 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 set? It's or it's like it's, it's 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 a, luckily I've um you know that's what we have agents and managers for to you know sort out schedules and things <laughs> right. so things things don't clash. So I've. I'm, I'm fortunate that I've never been in a position yet um, where I've literally had to sort of run between sets, but I have had jobs which have sort of clashed. So mm-hmm. they'll then, you know, if they really want me, um, which is rare, but <laughs> if yeah. they do, if they do, then um, yeah, then we, we, you know, we just sort of sort out the scheduling. I mean, in the case of this movie, Triggered, um, I had literally just jumped in the plane um, back to Los Angeles for pilot season. And I arrived in Los Angeles, I think, on the Monday morning and the Monday afternoon, got an email from, from the director, Alistair Orr, and said, look, we're shooting this movie back in South Africa. We start in two weeks' time. Um, can you fly back to South Africa for, for three days um, <laughs> to, yeah, wow. to, work in, to work in this movie? And I was like, dude, I can recommend five other actors in South Africa right now. You know who who are available. You know who can do. It. It's a long flight from Cape Town to from South Africa to to Los Angeles. It usually sort of oh takes like 26, 30 hours. Depending, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, Alistair and um, and the producer Arie were were pretty much set to me. So I, I was yeah I was I was back in Los Angeles for a couple of days and I was back in the plane back to South Africa. Um, they shot me out in two days and I was back in LA again. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a crazy business. It's, you know, it's yeah. really sort of feast or famine. It's, it's, it's quite insane. I would say so. Um, so what attracted you to the, to the script? Uh, what, what made you want to play this part? Well, David Jones and Alistair Ord um, had written something um, which I thought was, was, was actually really, really funny. <laughs> it was a very, yeah. it's a very sort of, you know, tongue in cheek, funny script and, and very commercial. And, um, you know, Alistair's very respected as a, as an indie film director in South Africa. And he had done house in Willow street, which had done pretty well. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just found the script really, you know, really, really, really fun. Um, and clever and obviously very commercial, but it's it's nice every now and again to do something. You know, I, I tend to do, you know, lots of sort of indie things or very sort of obscure productions and um, and really sort of over the past sort of three decades, I've always played sort of um, very deep, heavy baddies and psychopaths and things like that. So um, <laughs> this particular character was kind of, you know, in my sort of wheelhouse 
um, and there was quite a bit of depth to it, and uh, it just seemed like a lot of fun, and and I was excited to work with Alistair, so that's really why I said yes to it. Um, as I said, I wasn't, wasn't into jumping into another 36-hour flight, but... Um, um, it, it was really lots of fun, and um, you know, one has to you know be supportive of indie filmmakers in the hope that one day when they actually get that fifty million dollars to make their big movie, <laughs> they'll go, "Oh yeah, Sean supported me. Let me let me bring him on board." Um, You're just making investments, right? Exactly. Point. It's it's like it's like playing the lottery, really. <laughs> um, I am curious though. Like you said, you know, you you you've played bad guys, and I know I know I've seen you on like Twenty Four and and things like that. But this one was a little different, right? I guess with uh, I guess I guess even though obviously you're still a bad guy and you know killing is wrong, there is still like some I guess remorse there, right? Like there's uh, oh yeah, uh, we feel bad for you. You know, I mean, was that was that interesting? Was that an interesting angle to play? Oh no, absolutely. Um, You know, as as I'm sure you guys know, you know, I mean, most actors will say to you, you know, just because you're playing a baddie or a supposed baddie, um, you know, one never sees themselves as a bad person. Um, and so as an actor, it's always my job to figure out, okay, well, what is this madness or this insanity um, in their world? You know, what makes it real for them? And in the case of, you know, Peterson, you know, um, his, you know, is a, is a really, really unhappy guy, you know, um, as Alistair mm-hmm. said to me, you know, he doesn't see the sunlight anymore. You know, he's lost his son, who he obviously loved dearly. He he's lost his wife and he's, he's trying to, he's been, you know, suffering for, for, you know, for a couple of years to try and figure this out, to try and move, you know, forward with his life. And so, yes, I mean, you know, I don't want to be corny and go, yeah, you know, I'm always looking for multi-layered characters so I can peel that onion of all right. the layers <laughs> and look for colors in, in my characters. But, uh, but, but, but it's, it is true. I mean, I, it's quite interesting that I, I've really, over the, over the past um, 30 years, really actually always played the same character. And, and what it is, it's either the goody who turns out to be a baddie or a baddie who turns out to be a goody. There's always <laughs> a, um, there's always a, always a sort of duality, um, you know, to these characters. And so, yes, you know, Peterson, you know, in my world, absolutely, you know, he's not a baddie. He's just a, a very um, sad, deranged father and, and husband who's, who's trying to figure things out. I, I thought it was uh, I thought I, we can we can cut this out if you feel this is too spoilery but I just thought it was funny that like uh, or interesting that you ba- like your character basically was like I'm just you know I'm done investigating trying to figure out who it is so I'm just going to strap these to you know twelve people <laughs> <laughs> and just hopefully I get one of them you know <laughs> hopefully it kills the right one um, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I mean really in the story you know Peterson you know the, these. The, these nine school kids were, you know, were all, you know, at school with, with his son. Mm-hmm. And they were all in some way to blame. Um, they were all aware of, of, of what Peterson's, Peterson's son was going through. So, you know, at some point, you know, one of them, you know, could have stepped forward or, or prevented this from happening. So, yeah, he blames all of them. Yeah, I, you may have touched a little bit on this, but uh, that was what que- one of the questions that I had was how you were how you approach this character because uh, do you try to get inside the mind of somebody like that? Do you do some research or do you or do you draw from any kind of personal experiences? Hopefully not um, <laughs> in this case. Uh, but uh, is that how, how you do it? Or you just say, this is how I think it's going to be and this well, I'll just roll with it. Yeah, I mean, I... 
you know, a lot of the work that I've done has, um, yes, I mean, I've been fortunate every now and again to, you know, to play leads in, in a couple of features and TV series and things. And, um, but, but when it's a project like Triggered where I'm really just sort of coming in and playing a, you know, supporting role, what, you know, always, um, you know, what, what my job is, is to figure out, you know, where this character fits into the story and, and his importance to the other characters. So it's not really, yes, obviously, you know, I'm sort of focused on myself and how I'm going to portray this character. And I am sort of trying to figure out, you know, what does he look like? What does he sound like? What does he feel like? You know, what, what are the rhythms of his speech? Um, and, you know, what is his, you know, sort of emotional arcs and all that sort of thing. But at the same time, as a supporting character, um, I'm always very much looking for whatever I'm saying and doing, how is it affecting the other characters? Um, and how is it going to help them? Um, so, you know, Triggered is very much a, um, you know, uh, it was very much a sort of collaborative process or process. Right. Um, um, <laughs> but, but, but it really is an ensemble piece. So, yeah, I mean, the way that I, uh, you know, approach Peterson um, and, the, and the scenes with him is really, you know, what can I bring to these scenes to help the other characters and the angst and the pain and the hell that they're busy going through? But um, yes, I mean he is definitely a you know a very dark, sad individual, and I've played a couple of those, and so mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and it's always it's always so funny to me, and it still happens where you know I'll, I'll meet you know I'll meet a young actor or somebody who's maybe seen something that I've you know been in, and within five minutes they'll always say to me, "Oh my God, you're like so funny, and you're so nice." <laughs> You're so friendly. <laughs> You're so charming. Mm-hmm. And why they're all whiny valley girls, I don't know. But no, so, um, but um, <laughs> they will. You know, people always say to me, "But you know, you, you're such a dancer, friendly, nice guy." And and well, you know, just because I play baddies or I play, I don't know if I can use the word assholes, but just because oh, I you play can use any word you want, <laughs> you know, just because I play these these crazy idiots um, or you know. Uh, bad people doesn't necessarily mean that I need to be a psychopath myself. But I think yeah, that, exactly. That's you know, interesting that people assume that you're going to be like that. When... <laughs> exactly. You know, it's the it's same when you, you know, when you meet a comedian or somebody who does yeah. a lot of comedy and you go, oh, great, you know, tell me a joke. You know, mm. and yeah. the, the irony is, is as, as I'm sure you know, that the, the majority of comedians um, – um, are actually very, very introverted, very, very quiet individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with actors. And actually what, what I've sort of been finding over the years is is that um, a lot of um, directors and writers, screenwriters, um, a lot of us are actually very, very introverted. We we actually don't necessarily like the limelight. We actually, we actually you know, for lo- especially now, you know, um, through this whole sort of lockdown, COVID insanity, for a lot of writer and director and actor friends of mine, for... Fast, this is quite normal. It's yeah. quite normal. It's quite normal being indoors and spending hours and days and weeks and then busy writing and and working. And um, so, yeah. I uh, I wondered if it was tough, especially considering uh, you know you had to make this how how long is it? 28, 29, 30 hour flight uh, hmm. to get on set, and uh, and you don't your character doesn't have like any like real like cold open so to speak Mm -hmm. um you're you're immediately in this sort of manic state and everything 
yeah. is that hard to do like going like going from zero to 60 like that you know you're just like all right ready to go and now you're now you gotta be a, you gotta be this guy you know the, fun, the funniest thing is um i'll come back to peterson but the funniest thing i was um when I did the um, shooter TV series for um, the USA N- Network, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. with um, you know Costa Ronan and uh, um, Ryan Philippe and uh, Omar Epps, and mm-hmm. um, I actually had a had a, a really fun scene with the Tom Sizemore, and oh, wow. um, yeah, and um, <laughs> and I was playing uh, you know I was playing this Russian character, and but when I actually booked Shooter, I'd actually auditioned for Shooter. Um, when I was still, uh, when I was when I was in Los Angeles, and then I never heard anything, and um, I was about to, uh, and I did. I mean, I, I jumped on a flight back to Cape Town, South Africa, and I was back in South Africa for about a week, and then I suddenly got this frantic um, call from my manager, who said, uh, "You've booked Shooter. They need you in Los Angeles in seventy-two hours." Um, oh, and I was, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I jumped on a plane. I arrived in Los Angeles. I rented a car. I jumped in the car, drove off to set, and walked onto set. And I was, I was still, I was going to say hungover. Uh, I still had jet lag. <laughs> I still yeah. had jet lag and walk into the set and, and and do this scene, this pretty intense scene with Tom Sizemore. And, and by the way, you can't you can't work with Tom Sizemore and the scene not be intense. If anybody exactly. didn't realize yeah. that, Do you know what I'm saying. And and then <laughs> and then what happened was the 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 director, British director Simon Seelan Jones, sort of came up to me and he sort of whispered into my ear, and he said to me, "Okay, um, okay, Sean. So when Tom says this to you, what I want you to do is just laugh in his face, laugh and <laughs> smile in his face." And this obviously, you know, Simon said to me privately. And so the next, the next second we went for a take and, you know, Tom delivers his line. I, I just sort of started laughing in his face. And, like, Tom lost his shit. I mean, oh, he, no. like, literally got in my face. And I was oh, just, God. like, sort of standing my ground. I was just sort of standing my ground. And, and, um, and then afterwards, oh. afterwards, you know, we... <laughs> We we'd sort of finished shooting the scene, everything was great. And afterwards, we were sort of going back to our trailers. I sort of went up to Tom and I was always like, please understand that I'm actually, you know, a really big fan of your work. And you know, <laughs> Simon had told me, because I, you know, I just thought, you know, he was going to think, oh, my God, you know, who is this arrogant South yeah. African Russian idiot or whatever. <laughs> but and it was only afterwards when I was sort of in the car back, back, um, going back to my apartment, I was thinking, how did I actually get through that? And so in that sense, it actually helped that I was, that I was jet lagged. Because yeah. it just sort of got me out of my own head. Um, and so to answer your question, I know there was sort of a long way around of doing that. No, but- I, I, I would I would hear uh, hours of those stories, by the way. <laughs> you, yeah, for sure. If you, wanted to, if you wanted to provide us with more of those, I would, be, <laughs> I would just sit here and listen to them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my job, and, and, and that's really what, you know, the past sort of five years in the States has sort of taught me is to really – you know, make very, very strong and specific decisions about how you want to play a character, how you want to play a role, and arrive on set ready to go. Um, and it was the same. Um, and so, yes, exactly, you know, with Peterson, you know, while they were sort of busy setting up the shot and it started raining and they were shooting in the middle of the of this forest in the woods and it was pouring with rain. I mean, on take one, I sort of come walking toward these kids and sort of went slip sliding in the mud and fell on my ass. Mm. Um, so that was kind of funny, and then we sort of reset. Um, but the, you know, yeah, I mean, I've I've sort of been trained to 
you know, to just, you know, get into the mind um, and the craziness of the character and just be ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's sort of a strange, it's sort of a strange thing, but I've, I've sort of learned to, you know, to be able to sort of switch that on and off. Every time I see a character like yours that has that kind of, you know, just comes in like that hot, and I, I think of, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, that, that footage of him before he does the axe scene. And uh, and he's just like, he's just trying to get himself into this froth and everything. Yeah. And it's terrifying just watching him getting into that, even though he's cracking jokes just before that and yeah. everything. And, and, but, you know, watching him just kind of do this, uh, 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 you know, type of thing. Uh, is kind of a it's a it's a mesmerizing thing i think it's a really uh, it's something that's sort of underrated about when you watch a movie and you realize what that actor had to do to get to that sort of state and everything but you said you've you've done this enough now where you're like okay i've just flipped the switch basically yeah you know i mean i've you know you you get um you know you, you get a lot of actors who are very much um you know, sort of method actors where they, where they pretty much arrive at base camp and they're ready in character and you, you can't approach them and you can't talk to them or have a conversation with them because they're ready in that zone and mm. um, one has to respect that. Um, you know, when I, uh, I worked on a movie a couple of years back called The Challenger Disaster with uh, William mm. Hurt um, mm. and Mr. Hurt is absolutely like that. You know, he's, he's pretty much mm-hmm. in character from the word go. Um, also, Toby mm. Jones that I worked with um, on The Girl quite a couple of years ago. Um, same, same stories. So one has to be quite sort of careful not to approach them, you know, um, because, they, you know, they're already in character. Um, yeah. but, but then um, I, I find that, um, I find that f- for me as an actor, Personally, for for me, it's not um, it's not a necessarily a, a safe place to be. Um, I am one of those guys who can you know sort of be joking and and having a good laugh and um, and they go okay cool you guys ready and then I will you know switch it on and so I can switch it on and switch it off very very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for me to you know live in that world of of this character. Um, um, it's for, for me, I've just found that it's not, it's especially, you know, if it is a really, really dark sort of psychopathic character, I, I did this documentary drama a couple of years ago called, um, um, it was get out alive, the Utah <laughs> library shootout. And, and this, and this character that I played really was, oh my God, um, yeah, it was just one of these, you know, this guy who goes into a library, obviously it's a true story, you know, goes into a library out in Utah and um, has a bomb strapped to his um, body and he's got, you know, a sort of a trigger switch and uh, he takes all these people hostage. And um, um, this was a, you know, a really, really dark, crazy character. And um, yeah, I mean, every every night when I sort of got home from set, I really had to sort of, you know, take a long shower and just sort of wash yeah, that really, character's insanity in a way because... It can really sort of, you know, take over you. So, you know, when when you look at, um, you know, most of the actors who played the Joker, you know, if you yeah. think of people like, you know, Heath Ledger and, you know, doing this very much sort of method thing and sort of living, you know, 24-7 in that character's world, um, you know, it's not a healthy place to, it, to be in. It's exactly what I, it's exactly who popped into my head when you said that. Um, I was, I, I, I do wonder about that sometimes because you're, in a way you're you're for a brief moment of time you're changing the way you think and feel and 
you know, it, it's gotta be something that sort of stays with you a little bit, especially if there's, I don't know if there's some sort of like drug involved, like, you know, your natural in curse, uh, naturally occurring kind of drug to the whole thing. Uh, it opens I'm, up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I know it's such a, it's a really sort of interesting thing that sometimes I think, you know, well, you know, the reason I became an actor was because, um, you know, I was, you know, I was a lonely kid, you know, and I just wanted to sort of disappear into my little sort of fantasy world. And and the entertainment industry or acting, you know, gives me the opportunity to play all these really, you know, interesting and exciting and weird and, and fun characters. And but um, yeah, you know, it's it's sometimes depending on the role and how big the role is. And you know, if I'm just going in for one or two days work on something, that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I'm if I'm working on something for you know quite a couple of weeks or quite a couple of months, um, the you know it can some things about that production can stay with you. So um, it's it's quite odd, really. Um, um, I I done this movie called Faith Like Potatoes, which is quite an odd name mm-hmm. for a movie. Um, but it's it was the story of Angus Bachan. Um, who's this sort of um, preacher, really, in South Africa, true story. Mm. And they made a movie about his life. And in the movie, I play his brother. And what happens in the story is that Angus, by mistake, with a tractor, rides over and kills my son in the oh. story. Jeez. And um, And what eventually happens is... Um, my character Fergus has this dream one night that he sees his son again in the dream. And he then, you know, sort of picks up the phone to his brother and he says, you know, I, I saw him, you know, I saw my son in this dream and, and it's all going to be okay. And, and for, and when we actually shot this phone call scene, you know, the director came to me, Rilkat van der Berg came to me and he said to me, Sean, for the scene, I really, really, <laughs> I really want you to break down and cry. I don't, I don't want to see, you know, I, I want real tears. I want the snot coming out of your nose. I want you mm. to completely break down. And, um, you know, he, he, um, Richard and the team were really cool. They sort of, you know, set up the camera and they said, okay, cool, you know, get into the space, whatever you need to get into. Um, and whenever you're ready, you know, sort of lift your hand and you'll start rolling the camera. Mm. And we shot the hell out of that scene, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then still broke for lunch and then came back and then carried on seeing me just crying and crying and crying. And at one point when we'd finally, (laughs) you know, shot the scene from every conceivable angle, you know, the director came to me and sort of hugged me and we're both sort of in tears. And he said to me, you know, Sean, I'm so sorry to put you through this. And, and I was Mm. like, are you kidding me? This was amazing. (laughs) You know, it was it was a wonderful experience, but the, the point actually being is that for a couple of years since that movie, there's still a part of me inside of me that it's almost like a piece of my heart actually broke a bit. But I actually, mm. for, for it to be 100% believable on screen, I actually had to go there. I genuinely had to believe, you know, that my son died, you know, in my yeah, arm. I yeah. had to believe that. Wow. And And so it's... I know it sort of makes me sound psychologically unstable, but I'm sure I'm sure it, it can make sense to you guys that if, if for you to you know it's, it's I don't believe in you know I I'm it has to be real for me um, you know in the moment it, it, my my performances and my portrayals need to come from a place of truth 
Because if it's mm-hmm. believable and real to me, then you know that will um, the audience will see that and feel that. So yeah, sometimes these really sort of dark, heavy roles um, can sort of stay with you. Um, I've got another movie um, also coming out, uh, which is sort of doing the festival circuit, called Fried Barry, which is really sort of crazy sci-fi. I saw that movie. on your credits, and I wanted to see it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's sort of doing the whole festival circuit. And, and what's also really interesting about Fried Barry is about two, three years ago, I'd done another movie called The Last Victims. And in The Last Victims, that character um, was beaten up and walks around for three quarters of the movie with a limp. So he's got a walking <laughs> stick. And then about a year later, or no, maybe six months later, we shot Fried Barry. And in the one scene in Fried Barry, I'm sort of running down this insane asylum with an AK-47 in my hands. And when we finished shooting the scene, the director came to me and he said to me, he was like, I find it really interesting that you decided to give your character a limp. Um, (laughs) And I was like, and I was like, oh my God, I I used the limp from the character that I played in the previous movie two years ago, whatever. It was, it was, it was such an odd thing. So we do, so we do kind of carry some of these weird things with us. It's it's, it's quite odd. (laughs) Uh, before we go, I just wanted to I wanted to ask if there was um, you know you said that you you do a lot of these kind of independent movies and everything. Uh, for people who don't know who you are, what are a couple of projects that you really wish they would go watch? Um, well, obviously, um, you know, Triggered. Triggered's going to be lots of fun. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And um, Fried Barry, um, as I said, you know, that's sort of doing the the festival circuit, sort of doing the whole horror film sci-fi festival circuit so fried barry will be coming out um i suppose around the world next year at some point mm-hmm. um and uh what else um yeah i mean there's, you know there's fried barry there's that and um and then i've i've got to i've got sort of two projects that we um sort of in pre-production on um, but i can't really sort of talk about those right now but yeah many people sort of follow me on social media on you know instagram and facebook and twitter and stuff like that then um I'm pretty good about sort of keeping that stuff up to date and annoying people with all my projects that are coming out. So <laughs> yeah, just just follow me on social media and uh, you'll be able to catch some other stuff. One thing I did want to ask you, because I've never talked to anybody involved with this show, but you worked on a show called Blood Drive. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, my God, if I, I've, I've never wanted to be in a pitch meeting more than... When James <laughs> Rowland must have pitched this to Sci-Fi, <laughs> like I, I, you, like you know, I, I, it's just this is such an insane. For those that don't know, it's a it's these people that are taking part in this race, like kind of like Death Race two thousand. But the cars, the fuel for the cars is is blood. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Did you have any? And you played a really fun character on that show. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you know, Blood Drive. You know, you know, every now and again, you know, as an actor, you know, you'll get a script for something and you'll go. I have to, have to do this. I have to get this job. I have to be in it. And, um, and, and Blood Drive was, was absolutely, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I read the first three episodes and, um, and I was like, I really, really have to do this. And um, I was really fortunate in the sense of when I was busy working on Shooter, the producer on Shooter happened to be one of the producers um, on Blood Drive. And um, and then I actually I, I had I had done a self tape for Blood Drive um, and they never got it, and then the actor that they had hired um, to work in it that never quite worked out, 
And so then I, I got this frantic oh, phone wow. call from, from uh, John Lavin, who was like, Sean, do you want to go back to Cape Town and go shoot Blood Drive? You know, we've got this cool role. And so, yeah, Blood Drive was absolutely um, one of the most exciting, craziest projects to, to you know, to work on. And uh, it's, it's kind of devastating that it's, that it never got, you know, got, got picked up mm-hmm. for a season two because it had such an amazing cult following. Um, but, it, but it really, you know, it really sort of, you know, pays such wonderful, you know, tribute to, you know, all the, um, you know, all the different genres of horror and, you know, Robert. Oh, Robert yeah. And, um, yeah, it was kind of, um, it was just something I kind of stumbled on, I guess, maybe the, maybe it was like the first episode, but I don't know if it was the week it premiered or if it was a week or two later and yeah. it was late at night. And I remember just like, did I dream that I watched this show? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh yeah, no, it was so much fun, so much fun to yeah. work on. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the character of Old Man Heart was also, was also one of my, one of my favorite and also one of my most challenging awesome. characters. Um, oh, it, yeah, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> Cool, man. Um, all right. We'd like to thank Sean Cameron Michael for uh, giving us his time. Uh, thank you so much, man. Uh, it, the stories that you told are fantastic. I, I can't uh, wait for everybody to hear them uh, and everything. So thanks for, for uh, showing up here today. Thanks so much for the support, guys. And now we are joined by Raina Swart. Uh, welcome, Raina. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Um you are uh, you are you're basically playing the brain in uh, in uh, this movie. You're the brainy one. Even your name itself has the R I A N and it uh, spelt just so because that's what I you know. Are. Oh yeah, it's very similar to my name. So I was like, I hope I get because I I originally um, auditioned for two characters and I was like, Ryan is very close to Raina. I can totally relate to Smarty Harvard kind of girl i would love to play her so it was really exciting yeah yeah um as such because you are are the brains of this movie and everything you have a lot of screen time and you and you are the one that sort of explains a lot of things that are going on in the movie and everything mm-hmm. and i'm, I'm kind of wondering how you prepared for your role and uh what did what did you do to get into this character yeah so first of all um I was looking at the script and I was like, okay, so Ryan has a lot of lines to learn. So I was like, okay, it makes sense. She's the brainy one. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if I just, because we were shooting, sorry, I'm just going to explain. Like we, we had night shoots and sometimes, you know, shooting from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., you really get tired. And if you don't know your lines very, very well, you're going to screw it up. Mm-hmm. So first of all, it was like, let me just get these um, lines perfect. And so um, that was my first goal. And preparing <laughs> otherwise for her, was, I was like just looking, you know, uh, a beautiful mind. I actually watched that film because I was like, oh, he's smart. I need to watch something. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay, she, she wasn't like, I know uh, Russell Crowe plays. Like, he's Obviously, he's... Um, what do you call it? like he had that uh he was very paranoid and people following it i know it's completely different but i was like i just need to watch films where people are really smart so um yeah just basically knowing those lines and um yeah so i had a lot of fun with her yeah um do you do you think everybody hates your character in this movie 
does everybody hate you <laughs> oh like the other characters yeah 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 no i th okay so <laughs> i think obviously pj loves ryan he's he's adorable he's like the um you know the boyfriend uh ryan's boyfriend and mm -hmm. i kind of just picture them in my head like she he's gonna be the stay-at-home dad one day and um you know she's gonna bring in the money in the home so that was a their kind of you know relationship that they had um so no he adored her i think mm -hmm. he he actually um kind of like yeah he adored her but the other characters i think they find her annoying because she knows a lot and she's um you know she's not uh she always like she would correct everyone and it's kind of like right. irritating if they're if everyone yeah you know correcting everyone and saying no this is what we should do but everyone knows she's right of course um right so, I think she's. Not, I don't think they hate her. I just think at the moment, you know, in the film, they're like very irritated with her because, you know, she's just like telling everyone what to do. And um, yeah, and oh, but yeah. Erin is such a cute and wonderful character. So I mm -hmm. think Erin um, just loves everyone. So Erin can't hate anyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, felt so bad for PJ because just. He got ragged on so much, even like when there's so many other things going on, someone would still remark that he was dumb or something. And I'm like, really? Like, that's what we're talking about right now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he's not dumb. He's just sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved with this? What what, what was the story behind that? Um, so Alistair Orr actually, um, I think this is a project, I'm, I'm just going to, I think, so I'm not 100% sure, but a project that he did very independently because he wanted to do it his way. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of budget constraints, but in a, like, because he wanted to fund it and do what he wanted to do because he's done a couple of great films before this. And so what happened was uh, I got a message on Facebook um, and you know, like if you don't know someone and it's like, okay, you know, it's great. I don't right. know you, you know, you asked me to audition for your movie, but I do have an agent. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I Googled his name and I was like, oh, this is Alistair Orr, like the house on Willow, Willow Street. I've seen mm -hmm. that movie. It's a great movie. Um, of course, I'll audition. Thank you so much. But yeah, so, and um, so I auditioned for it. Uh, it was a self-tape. Um and I went back to South Africa, uh, I think it was just two months before it filmed, and I mm -hmm. met up with them, and uh, yeah, they're just really, really great filmmakers, and so that's how I got involved. I was lucky enough to, yeah, land the role from my audition. You said you were shooting another movie uh, before this, right? That you just happened to be in South Africa, but that's your home too. So uh, yeah. I guess it's kind of cool that you got to shoot uh, a couple of movies uh, at at your home base before you had to go back. Yeah, that was really, really lovely. Um, yeah, it's just the way it works is, I don't know, it's just so far. And, um, you know, now that we've moved to America about three years ago, mm. uh it just shows you that you can work anywhere in the world. There's planes. Okay, this year has been very strange. So mm -hmm. I'm taking that back. But yeah, it's yeah, it was fairly cool. Yeah, um, it's 
here's like everybody's got secrets in this movie, right? Everybody's got their 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 things that are that that are uh, floating around. Um, and obviously, we won't get into the spoilers of your yeah. secrets that are in this and everything. But do you make choices as a as an actor uh, with that in mind, or do you just try to uh, you just try to uh, keep that? I don't know, at arm's length until, until the surprise or the, or the revelation comes in. Do you have to sort of keep that in mind through everything that you're doing? That's a very good question. Um, I like to keep it in mind because it's, it's true to the character. Um, but without being obvious, uh, you know, you don't want to give anything away. I guess everyone, like you said in the film, had secrets and everything. And, and you don't want to spoil anything, but... The way you, um, this was a really fun, fast-paced film, so mm -hmm. um, it's obviously not drama, so don't get too much into um, that. But, yeah, you keep it in mind. I think that's very important just for yourself as well and to play the character as authentically as possible. And uh, because of the uh, the sort of the craziness involved, you you have to go through all sorts of ranges of emotions and everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shouting, obviously, but there's also a lot of uh, you know there's uh, there's there's sadness, there's exposition, there's anger, there's all. How do you keep up with all that uh, day to day? Yeah, so I, I really that's what I liked about Ryan. It wasn't just one tone. It wasn't just angry all the time or. Um, you know, exactly what you were saying. She was going through a range of emotions, which was really, really cool. Um, so I think with that, because I, I played in a previous film, I played a lead and I I just shouted the whole time. And when I watched it, I was like, why didn't I do something different at some point? You know, of course you have a director, but it's, I think your responsibility too as an actor to see, you know, if you can do different things with the character, because no one is angry for an hour long. You know, we all go right. through emotions. We'll be angry and then we'll be sad and maybe we'll be angry again. And yeah, so I really had to, um, so I actually had this, this is a very, so I think Ryan and myself were a little similar. So I'm kind of a little geeky and <laughs> my, so I had this whole file and I would, I would like highlight everything a certain color that I think her emotions are like hmm. yellow happiness you know yeah. something like that pink mad and, <laughs> uh, yeah so that was really fun to to just play different emotions and uh, yeah well kind of just kind of playing off of that like um, or going off of that like I, I'm assuming this movie wasn't was shot out of order but when you're when you're dealing with a movie like this where it's in a certain time limit. Um, I would assume is that challenging because I mean you you're at you know you're having to go from the end to the beginning to the middle um, mm. as far as shooting goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely that helps you know as an actor to have um, to have your own little set of how this puzzle um, pieces together because then you have the end piece and then you have exactly what you're saying. It's not mm -hmm. um, filmed at all, um, you know scene after scene so definitely that helps to have a certain guideline like the emotions where she's at what just happened I kind of always just write um if I'm doing a scene today like just go through the scene what happened just before mm -hmm. this because 
but we all make mistakes, you know, but mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, oh, why am I so happy? I was just like really angry before this. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. yeah, you try to balance it and, and make it, you know, true to the character. There's one scene in here. I don't know if it's spoilery. I'm going to try to f- figure out if I can say this. Well. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to talk about this movie. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. But uh, I, my, I think my favorite moment uh, of, your, of your acting is you are looking through a bag and you notice something. And you, uh, you, you know that you're not supposed to know about it. So then you throw the bag over and tell the person to look through the bag like you didn't look through it and everything. And then, and, 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 and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, uh, I, I thought, uh, in this whole thing. It, was that, was that sort of fun to play like that, that, uh, very that, subtle that... moments? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely. That was really fun to play, I think. Uh, and also keeping that secret with you, with the character throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the film. Um, yeah, I think subtle moments like that, it's uh, its very important. And I'm glad that Alistair, um, you know, it wasn't just, of course, it's just fun and we just, we want to steal each other's time to stay alive type of thing. But um, we it was fun to have a little bit of more subtle, gentle moments as well. And having more depth for your character because... Um, because obviously it's a horror, it's really fun and everything. But mm-hmm. for you as an actor, it's it's always good to have layers to your character. So we tried, yeah. <laughs> Was there anything in particular about the script that you said I have to do this, or or any or just any kind of moment at all? Yeah, yeah. So actually, um, Alistair sent the whole script um, for the audition. And I picked, so I have to be very uh, careful as well. Like the same, I I don't want to give anything away, but um, basically Ryan's monologue. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I really like that because there was just, there was just so many different layers and, um, and it just shows Ryan is not what she seems at all. Um, not at all, but I mean, everyone has their secrets, like you were saying, and that I, I really like that piece. I think it was well-written and, um, so I had a lot of fun with that. And I, that's why I wanted to play it is just because of that part. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you've, you've, uh, spoken, uh, fairly glowingly of Alistair Orr. I was wondering uh, what his style was like. Uh, what was the, what is he like as a director? He's really, really fun to work with. He he got he's got this way of like uh, I would do something, I'd play my heart out, and then be like, okay, Raina, like that, just tons better, please. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, but it's not in a nasty way, you know. He's right. just really, really fun. So he he had a lot of comments. I'm not great with remembering them, but. Um, just the way he does stuff and like and then I would then we had to run a lot obviously and we have mm-hmm. we all had a lot of bruises um what was the mm-hmm. one character she she had it was really like the one girl she had her whole knee was like a 
black blue bruise it was just very awful <laughs> but no, yeah, it was probably. it was just but we had so much fun so we i would like run as fast as i can and maybe i'm not that fast but then alistair would say okay just just do it as if you're gonna die so really really <laughs> run and i'm like okay i i kind of just <laughs> i think that's the fastest i can go but <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah he's he's in very enjoyable and uh he makes the set um he makes it light and but he's great i think he's really he's kind of like a mad genius he's he's very intelligent and um i think if he wanted to be he could be a doctor this is just me thinking maybe <laughs> not that intelligent maybe he's just you know he's kind of just wearing a mask of he's intelligent but i think right. he's really great and yeah <laughs> it's a it's a it's interesting it, it doesn't you, you don't notice it really at first but this this movie sort of sneaks in a lot of humor into- yeah yeah so i i don't think ryan kind of like sneaked that in because uh yeah with yeah but a lot of the other characters had really cool um sneaky humor scenes and I, I think that makes it fun mm. um big zombie land fun you know fans so <laughs> kind of something like that yeah it just makes for something you can watch over and over again yeah. well and it was interesting too because a lot of i feel like a lot of these movies especially like that came out like right after saw um mm-hmm. they would just start like in the room right you know with all the people trapped and and also, they didn't usually know each other. They were usually strangers. But this movie actually starts off with like, I don't know how many minutes, but a decent amount of time of, you know, uh, like a, almost like a college comedy or something. You know, you guys mm. are just hanging out in the woods and, you know, drinking and having fun. And and also, you guys all know each other, which is also very different for, you know, these types of scenarios, which I thought I thought was a, was really cool. I'm, I'm assuming you guys, you guys seem like you all were actually uh friends you know you played it well uh if 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 you weren't but <laughs> <laughs> no but actually funny enough i think we all really became friends which is yeah. pretty cool um i think because i remember on the reading um we went and i'm not i'm kind of i'm an introvert so maybe think people think i'm a little rude but i just don't talk to everyone and um i remember the one soraya she's a lovely actress um and she was saying Oh, I thought you didn't like me. And I was like, no, I just did. I was just shy. I didn't want to speak to you because I was just mm-hmm. shy. And um, so we actually, um, just for the fun of it, uh, so Cameron Scott, he plays, um, he plays PJ and he, yes, he plays the dumb one in the film, but he's very intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually, we, we did laser tag, um, we all played laser tag before shooting the film and we were kind of just trying to bond and get to know each other. So, uh, yeah, everyone was just really fun to work with. Steven, um, he's plays Ezra. I always thought, cause he's quite a, he's quite a well-known casting director actually in South Africa, um, mm. and actor of course. And, uh, so we always, as an act, actor's always kind of scared of casting directors. So, I was just so surprised that he has a great sense of humor too. So (laughs) yeah, we we actually really became friends. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. What what was the filming in that location like? Had had you done anything in in, uh, any kind of movie in the woods, that deep of the woods? Was it as remote as it looks or is it, you know, (laughs) is it like right next to some, you know, a gas station or something? Yeah. 
it's uh, yeah sorry i'm laughing but yeah it's true so it's it's very close to the highway like freeway so it's not that remote okay I, they, they did such a great job because it wasn't too far to drive or to um just stay at a guest house if you needed to mm-hmm. um we literally filmed like in this little piece of woods and they would just like fix things up and change mm-hmm. it a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think they used the space really well, you know, keeping yeah. everything contained. And yeah, so it was really a small space, but they did a great job. Yeah, it certainly looked like the, there was a, 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 a good amount of acreage, uh, <laughs> you know, gone over there. Uh, so, yeah, that was a really well done. Um uh, obviously, we can't talk too much more about this movie, but I do have a question about, uh, and maybe you can talk about it and maybe you can't, but I was looking at your IMDb and it looks like you're ready to do your writer-director feature debut. Oh, yeah, that's the film that I, I worked on just before this one. So, yeah, um, yeah I, we filmed, it's just, uh, it's uh, it's called The Hex. Um, so, yeah, that was really um it was just it's also just a horror i've mainly worked on horror films the last couple of years it was lovely to work on and Mm -hmm. that's what i did just before this film okay yeah i was just wondering what that was uh, what that was like and if that was fun and if that if that's uh if you're planning on having that uh it's going to be a sort of a wide release or anything like that yeah it, it yeah it got picked up um by cleopatra entertainment for release in december so i'm oh, really excited nice. about Sweet. that so, congratulations yeah. oh thank uh, you <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'll be looking forward to, to seeing that uh it must have been uh must have been thrilling yes a first one so i i guess you know working with alistair i could understand like a little bit more because i was behind the cameras just before that shoot so um, just having a lot of respect because the director, like Alistair, just especially with night shoots, he has to concentrate so much. So even though we get tired as actors and, you know, because especially because of the night shoots, uh, I always just remember telling myself, okay, Alistair has been awake a lot more, you know, a lot longer than I have. So just get mm-hmm. over yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything else to add? Well, I did. I actually did. If you don't mind, I was, no, uh, no. there's a couple of your other movies I've seen. I was curious about, um, the, the lullaby I, I just happened to watch not that long ago. Um, oh, and, okay. um, you, you are really, really good in that movie. <laughs> I was just, I've in that, but that's a very, that's a very dark. I mean, that's a very, you, I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious about that performance. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that was um, that was with Daryl Ruud. He's a he's a really mm-hmm. great um, director in South Africa mm-hmm. too. And I was actually um, I was in high school and I, I watched this movie and he was nominated for an Oscar. So it was like, hmm. I want to make a movie with him someday, and I did. So I was like, life goals, yes, please. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a dark character. Um, so actually, um, yeah, that that was. I really enjoyed that, but that was also very, very, very draining for me. Um, I bet. Yeah, that was that was great. It was it was. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Why do we need to cry and be scared and stuff? But it's fun <laughs> for the film, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, because that's one of those you know people talk about like um, 
you know, people talk about like, you know, like Heath Ledger playing the Joker or something like that. And it feel it felt like that was that kind of performance. Cause I mean, Oh, wow. Sorry. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, just, Thank I mean, you. you just really had to go to some places with it. You know, I've, I've never, and I've never seen a movie really deal with like postpartum on, on that kind of a visual level, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm always like for don't, you know, when it comes to babies, like don't hurt mm -hmm. them, you know, cause yeah, postpartum is really, really scary. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, playing that character was, I had to, you know, consult my mother. I was like, mother, should I play this character? It's quite dark. And she, my my mom's actually very, um, she's like, yes, she's met someone who's had it. It's a real problem. So mm -hmm. if you play this character, it doesn't make you bad or anything. It's just, it brings light to how women can probably feel because everyone's like, oh no, you just have the baby blues, you know, you'll be okay. I even yeah. think the baby blues could be bad. You know, I'm not mm -hmm. saying anything. Everyone experiences everything differently. So you get the baby blues, um, postpartum depression, then postpartum psychosis. So that one's really, really, really rare. But um, yeah, it was really an experience to work on. And uh, even though it was draining. Yeah, I bet. And then Detour was another movie I saw uh, in the last couple of years that I, I really like Christopher Smith. He's kind of a director that I feel like hasn't really gotten enough attention, at least in the States. You know, he did Severance and mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Triangle and some uh, and Creep. Um, but yeah. um, I, I really, really enjoyed Detour. I was just curious, you know, working on that movie, working with him. You got to work with Ty Sheridan. Yeah, um, I, I mean, wow, Ty is really, really great actor. Um, yeah, and he was very young when I got to work with him there, and mm -hmm. and obviously Belle Powley. Do you know how she plays? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. saw her yes. in uh, King of Staten Island this summer. Oh, awesome! Yeah, no, she's amazing. So, um, and obviously, um, so working, even though it was really briefly, I just worked on set for two days. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Chris needs to get a lot more recognition, and um, but he doesn't. So hmm. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like luck, you know, it's your film coming out at the right time, the right place, and um, who's your audience? Because a lot of people didn't hear about Detour. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was a great experience, and those actors are very lovely and very talented. We'd uh, like to thank... Uh... Uh, we'd like to thank Raina Swart for uh, giving her, giving us our time, giving us her time. Jeez. This is, you know, it's late in the day now, uh, uh, but uh, uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming, uh, coming by and, uh, and uh, telling us about the, telling us about the movie and everything. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh no. Thank you, Jonathan and Chris. It was really cool. And uh, I hope you enjoyed Triggered and everyone else watching it. Today we have two very special guests. Uh, it is director Alistair Orr, who uh, did the movie Triggered, and uh, one of the actors of Triggered, Liesl Oliver. <laughs> I just said it! I just said it! Liesl Ehlers. I just did it. It was a, it was a Freudian slip. Um, uh, Liesl Ehlers is with us as well. Uh, and... Um, you know, the we, we talked to uh, a couple of uh, other actors from this movie earlier, 
uh, Sean Cameron, Michael, and uh, and uh, Raina Swart. We we uh, talked to both of them, and uh, they 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 seem to have a lot of fun with this. So, uh, Alistair, what was your uh, inspiration for this movie? Man, I've done a lot of supernatural films before. Like I've done four supernatural films in a row. And I was just looking for something different to do, something to, you know, stretch my legs a little bit. Um, and, um, yeah, this script arrived um, from a guy in, in Arizona called David. And um, me and my producing partner Ari, partner, Ari, read it. And, you know, we realized very early on that um, no one else is going to make this movie. This thing's ridiculous. So <laughs> we're the only guys that are, are going to make this. And, and that's that's why we have to do it, you know. Um, so it was it was something wild, wacky, and different for us. Yeah. The, uh, the, am, I, am I hearing this correctly, that it took several years to get this project off the ground? No, not really. It, it took about a year, but we were working with the writer for about three years on something mm. else. And we just couldn't, we couldn't get the financing for that. Um, so we kept the energy going and, and developed something that, that we had the money in the bank for, um, something achievable that we could do. Um, you know, everything else was all big makeup effects and, and, and monsters and that kind of stuff. Um, so David pitched us this idea where, you know, each one, there's, there's nine characters and each one of them will take a turn at being a, a bad guy. Um, right. You know, get to rotate the, the roles a little bit. And we're like, that's awesome. We're cheap guys. Let's go with that. <laughs> uh, Liesl, what attracted you to this project? Um, wow. Actually, I, I wanted to work with Al. I saw his film from a house on Willow Street. Um, I remember it was like one Saturday night at my home. Um, I was going through the channels and I was like, oh, well, um, I'm going to watch this. And just remember thinking that it was just so inspiring to me. Um, I have, you know, I think it's amazing if South African act, um, directors or um, are able to create films that are so on par with, I want to say, like, you know, international level, etc. cetera. Um, so I was already, like, intrigued with, you know, with Alistair and thought he was amazing. So when he contacted me, um, I was already so excited. Mm -hmm. um, script I, I i was laughing a lot and i remember telling alistair oh my gosh this film is so funny and he's like um it's not a comedy i don't know why you're laughing <laughs> um, I, I just thought it was so amazing because it's so rare that i actually read a script and like laugh out loud because usually it's just you know it's more serious you know mm -hmm. um, I, I thought it was just incredible you know um pitting people against each other that are friends or supposedly friends um that are in relationships you know that's so fascinating because with the saw franchise you always for example um get people who are strangers pitted against each other so i think it's cool um that al decided you know to go in that direction um and then the vests i think are just genius i think it's awesome and i think how you know they have different colors and how that lights the scenes i i just thought that was epic um <laughs> I just wanted to be involved so badly. I was like, yes, I'll audition for this. <laughs> was was running around in the vest fun though? Was that a, it was was a, it lot a fun of, prop? It was a lot of fun because I've, I've had a couple of people ask me like, um, so are they heavy, you know? But no, I think the props department did a really good job at, um, you know, 
constructing them because I think they're made out of a latex foam type of thing. Um, they're not heavy at all. So it was actually kind of fun. They were a bit constricting, like I guess a bit tight, but that that helps with, you, you know, mm-hmm. with acting and just like adds to the whole experience. I uh, It was interesting to hear uh, Sean Cameron Michael talk about how he had to take a 30 hour flight down to South Africa to to uh to shoot this movie and and i was wondering is there a particular reason why this needed to be shot uh i guess uh, ostensibly at at home uh for everybody or is it uh i mean because there's not any like you can watch this and there's no right real trace of like who where everybody's from and everything unless i'm just unless i didn't hear something here and there no you're right um look i mean we got we got government support, um, mm-hmm. so, we, so we had to do, you know, um, we're mandated to do a lot of the filming in South Africa, and then most of the cast was in South Africa anyway. It was only Sean that um, we really wanted, and we, we, we were willing to fight for him to be in the film. Um, mm-hmm. That we that we flew him out. Um, you know, we just had to cut our catering budget by half. You know, to cover the. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was complaining about the cold hot dogs we were eating. We were like, well, we got Sean Cameron. What was your casting process like, Alistair? What, uh, who, who were you really searching for to play these, these people? So, like, Liesl tells one side of the story, I'll tell the other. I was like, <laughs> really creepy guy approaching girls on Facebook to be in my movie, you know, <laughs> at, a, at the height of the Harvey Weinstein debacle, you know? Oh no. Like, okay, I'm probably going to creep some people out here. Yeah. Uh, so we approached, um, look, I approached people that, that I was, I was aware of the, the English acting community in South Africa isn't that big. So, I mean, if, if, if you're in movies and TVs, you, you're probably on someone's radar um, so I reached out to a couple people and then they, they, um, recommended people like even Liesl recommended, um, the guy who played Mr. M- um, Miller, Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all friends of friends really. It, and that's how, that's how it worked. Um, what, uh, you, so you shot this uh, out in the woods somewhere and we talked to, uh, Raina a bit about this, but, uh, it's not as remote as, as we were led to believe, I guess there's like a road going by it or whatever, but, uh, what's the, uh, wh- how was the process of making this look like a giant? I don't know if it, it might've been a giant piece of woods for all I know, but, uh, you know, what was the process like of, of, of the setting of this movie? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't far out. It was actually, um, a horse farm where, where kids learn to ride horses that we had worked, we had shot on before. Um, it's about 40 minutes South of jo- Johannesburg where most of us were based. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the big problem with shooting in, in woods is the electricity and, um, you know, rigging the lights. Um, yeah. We're working on a, on a limited budget. Um, so we, we could only afford one crane and one big moonlight. It was pretty much locked in position um, for, for 90% of the shoot. So we were only ever shooting over like a 100-meter stretch of woods that we would, we would um, change the lighting setup Every night, we just lower the, the crane or and, and pitch shift the, the, the light to change the angle in the woods to make it look different. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the actors are running around the same place over and over again in circles. And um, when we were worried that it looked too familiar, we would just add uh, more smoke. 
So mm-hmm. we feel gorilla cheat filmmaking. We, 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 we treated it like a contained thriller. We just, um, instead of it being in a, in a, in a bathroom, like saw, it was just, um, a little block of woods that we used. Right. Right. You know, there was, a. uh, Saw as a as a pretty uh, you know good uh, movie to sort of uh, you know base you know base it's sort of it look it's it's a lot like Saw for sure but oh, you yeah. know there were other there are other couple of movies that I thought of during this uh, was uh, Belko Experiment yeah and um, and uh, even in time even though in time is not yeah. a, uh, a oh, horror yeah. movie by any stretch but uh, those two movies came were those sort of inspirations as well. We we totally stole the the time thing from in time. I mean, <laughs> we, we're not clever here. We just we just borrow liberally, eh? Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we 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 in the original draft there was different versions of how they would achieve points. So like, um, Peterson was more involved in the game. You would get um, points for doing the right thing for achieving like unlocking rewards that kind of thing you know he would physically activate the points um mm-hmm. but obviously things changed if you right um and we needed a a, a physical way of, of transferring transferring the time um yeah that that's how kind of i, I forgot what i was talking about <laughs> yeah, we, it was, we were just uh, comparing them to other movies and how you were just a dirty, what? dirty thief of those movies <laughs> oh, yeah, and everything. Me telling me to shut my mouth. Yeah, we got lost. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going out there to make the most original film ever. We just we took what we loved and we added our little slant to it. You know. Yeah. That's all. We we love battle royale, which is this is also very oh like, yeah. Big, yeah big structure. You know, rip off there. Falco experiment in time, the saw movies. Yeah. Um, we, we took what we loved and we try to make it our own. Yeah. Well, I like how you had the one character even say, you know, the guys clearly watch too many saw movies or what, right. whatever, you know, he said something along those lines, you know, and Liesl brought up the fact that, you know, these were friends or supposed friends. That's, that's a different thing. Another different aspect to it from like saw movies and, and people that made movies after saw similar is that like the opening, you know, 15 minutes or whatever is almost feels like a high school or like a college comedy. Yeah. Uh, a coming of age story. You know, we really actually get to know these characters before they're just, because most of these movies would just open up with them already in the room. Yeah. We or, saw, you know, yeah, we, we, we pitched it as Saw meets American pie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I honestly kind of wish American pie was more like a saw movie now that you say that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, we'd swap out the pie for a trap. Lisa, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did Alistair give you any kind of direction that sort of stands out, memorable thing you're going to take with you after this movie? (laughs) Um, Yes, like that's something that's memorable is the fact that um, what's cool about Alistair is he had such a strong vision for the film um, that. I felt safe in the sense that he would tell you if you're doing something that he doesn't like. And he actually told me at some point, he was like, listen, mm-hmm. I'll tell you if I, if I don't like what you're doing. Um, when he said that to me, that completely changed the game for me after that. I was like, oh my goodness, great. Now was on day I feel 16 like we have 17 this cool though, relationship. Eh? <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after that, I felt very like, um, you know, like safe to, to just kind of do what I, um, yeah, to just do what you do. And I feel like 
what what more can an actor ask for is to just feel like I can do what I want to do. He'll tell me if he doesn't like it. Um, but yes, no, it's, it's actually honestly just been so much fun for me. Um, there's a camaraderie on set when people are there to make a film because um, they want to make a film because they're inspired to just create something fun and to see someone's vision through. And I feel like that's really something that I felt on the set of Triggered. And um, it would always like make this film very special to me just because of this whole experience, just working with an old South mm -hmm. African team was really uh, You can both answer this question, I think. Uh, what was your most challenging day on set? Okay, it might be the same one, I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> there, was, there, <laughs> there was this, uh, yeah, the scene with, without any giving away any spoilers, but me and Miller and Ezra, it was just hard to do because um, the sun was coming up, so we didn't have a lot of time to, mm. to actually finish that. Um, I think in the way to, we've obviously finished it but I mean um, we didn't have a lot of time we were so pressed for time um, you know and that always puts a bit of strain on on everything but so that to me was a bit tricky um, I also had a scene where I had to um, throw Amber off of me um, that was a lot of fun for me, me but it was just like physically yeah. you know like having to do it a couple of times um, but yeah but no apart from that yeah, I mm -hmm. probably stay like was, we got rained out yeah. for our first four or five days and we were only shooting for 17 days. So that, that cuts the schedule down a lot. So we were, oh, wow. you know, we, we tried to, you know, in pre-production give time for the fight scenes and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, with losing that time, it, it gave, it left very limited time for those fight scenes. So it became very difficult for everyone involved. I mean, we didn't want to take shortcuts, you know, you, you know, no movies worth getting hurt over. Um, so it was very frustrating trying not to take those shortcuts and trying to do it properly, you know, even though you, you, you're battling to get the coverage that you need. So, like, I would also say that that day, Liesl, with, with you and um, that other character fighting, um, you know, you also you, you think you've got three prop knives mm. that are enough to, to last in the scene, you know, because you get them made mm. out of foam so you don't hurt anyone. And, you know, they start snapping one after the other, um, it's weird. Every, when when things go wrong, everything goes wrong. I think that was the day that yeah, almost brought me to tears. Um, uh, Jonathan, you have something to ask? I, uh, I, I I missed my notes here for a second. So. Oh, no, no, you're fine. No, actually, well, actually, no, this is good. Uh, Liesl, you were talking about, and once again, yeah, it's kind of hard. I don't want to give away spoilers, but the scene you were talking about with the three characters, uh, that was one of my favorites because it was mm -hmm. just – like with all the craziness going on, you could see just in all of your like yours and his performance, like just the wheels turning, um, um, in your head, uh, with like all the chaos around you and and the decisions that had to be made. Um, are I mean, I would assume are those scenes a little more fun than others, or are they just more challenging? Or yeah, no, oh, I'm so happy you like that scene. That's great. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that scene for me was quite challenging in the sense that, um, yeah, like I said, there was just like a lot of plotting and stuff, um, mm. you know, involved and everything. And I have, a, I had a bit of a, I don't know how much of it ended up in the film, but like a bit of a, I want to say <laughs> monologue when I talk over the phone. Um, Aaron doesn't say a lot yeah. in the film, so that to me was quite, you know. <laughs> quite a bit so um so i guess in that way it was a bit more you know demanding especially if it's like two in the morning or i guess 
it was like five in the morning already by then, um, to just, you know, um, keep your accent and just, you know, get your lines right. And also, obviously, to me, the most important thing is just having my intention, you know, there the whole time. I did enjoy um, shooting that scene, but I think scenes that I really liked uh, specifically were scenes with just me and Ezra talking. Um, that, that was just a lot of fun. I think Steve was so great. Um, I have to say, like, this sounds a bit mushy, I guess, but all of the actors on this film were just really fun to work with. Um, and I feel like, like I said, everybody wanted to be there um, and were there for the right reason. And that just changes yeah. the game. You know? And it this might be this might be fun. kind of a dumb question, but you, there's a lot of there's a lot of shouting in this movie. I'm I'm I mean, you get I'm really curious how you guys even kept your voices for for 17 days as much no as much as much yelling as you were having to do over all the stuff going on wow maybe maybe aaron doesn't like yell that much i don't know i i, I, yeah. I can't remember feeling that my voice was yeah you know, luckily it didn't affect my voice at all i didn't feel like that was but i remember like taking a shower at night and just being like what is everything that's coming out of my hair there were like bugs and pieces of and stuff and I was like wow this is this is fun like every night I was like what what am I going to get tonight so there was challenges like that but that makes it fun you know it, it all adds to the whole experience um and I'm so I'm so happy we did it in an actual woods setting because I don't know like as as an actor it just helped me a lot you know like stumbling over tree trunks um sliding in the mud it just adds to the whole um experience and something that really uh, drew me to the film in the beginning was that Alistair said that he wanted it to be very real like nobody's going to look pretty nobody's going to you know it's going to be very like um authentic in that way you know um and, and i love that because he said like if you trip we're filming it like if you yeah. fall we're just gonna do that day you know? and that's great that's it just frees you up a lot right. you know you can just you're you're free to play um uh alistair the, you know uh, movies i've uh, been told or like uh, as a director you're you're are basically a bunch of choices right just uh you know making you're trying to make the right choice and uh, and, uh, one of the, one of the choices in this movie, I thought it was interesting. Did, was there a discussion as to whether the uh, kids would know the rules going into the game as opposed to not knowing them? Yeah. I mean, that was something that we discussed. We, we didn't want it to be, they find a tape recorder and, you know, they, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, we actually, we had the scene written that they find a tape. And they actually don't know what it is. It's so old. You know, they're like, what is this ancient technology? And right. Like, if we put the tape in my old van, you know, like we can hear what's going on. Um, yeah. But we we scrapped that. We thought it was just too much like Saw, you know. It, it uh, okay. Bad guy giving the big monologue explaining um, what was going on. And we thought it hasn't really been done before where, um, yeah, they've got to figure it out themselves. We thought mm -hmm. that more entertaining. Yeah, I, uh... that, that tape, that issue with the tape thing is no joke, though. I actually yesterday was trying to explain to my nine year old daughter what a cassette tape was, and it <laughs> it it didn't go well. So uh, I I understand. Yeah. Why would you have this physical thing that uh, yeah plays media? You know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the way you described it though i i want to see the scene now you know like uh, uh you know uh, ripping off saw be damned uh the fact that they would all be standing around going what is this it's ancient technology you know um uh, 
uh, Lisa, you probably have have discussed this in some form during the interview, but uh, how did you prepare for this character? How did you go in? How did you tackle it? Well, I love I love questions about about um, Aaron. I it's honestly one of my favorite, or actually the fa- my favorite character I've ever played. Um, I feel like with Aaron, I just really wanted to challenge the whole concept um, that people have about introverts. I feel like in society, we have this negative like stigma or like stereotype about introverts where we're like oh is she like a mute or she's so boring or not fun or you know and I really wanted to challenge that and I thought Erin is like the best you know it's it's a great um she embodies that kind of you know gives me a chance to do that so it was a lot of fun to kind of show people that um, we all have a lot of facets, facets to us, you know, there's a lot of layers to everyone. Like in real life, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also an introvert. That's something I learned about myself during quarantine. You know, we all have different, different sides to us. And, um, I feel like Aaron was just the perfect character to explore that and to, yeah, to challenge mindsets a bit. I love that. Well, yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, uh, Alistair alluded to it earlier, the, uh, none of the characters here are, a hundred percent good right so like there's there's some sort of uh like some sort of bad uh or whatever you want to call it uh uh, underneath the surface of all of these characters um uh and i think that's an interesting uh, aspect to the movie um uh jonathan you have anything else (laughs) i was i was curious alistair um you've i mean you've mostly stayed like you were saying you've done a few supernatural movies before this and this also is has a lot of horror elements to it um are are you are is that are you drawn to horror films or is that something you've always been interested in or a fan of no like i'm actually a pretty normal guy like i'm not you know (laughs) weirdo you know that Catches himself in the corner, like, like you know, I'm a normal guy. I just, I like the aesthetic of, of the horror films. Like you can play yeah. with the light, you can play with the makeup, you can play with the costumes, you know, um, you, you, you just allowed a bit more of artistic freedom with it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of what draws me to it. Like, I'm not saying you can't do romantic comedies, like with cool lighting and and all that, but you know this, I'm just drawn to interesting images, and and this is, this is the kind of stuff that yeah, just like you know want to see some kind of cool stuff on screen. Like, I, yeah, that's about it. Uh, fair mm. enough. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's uh, what's next for both of you guys? Do you have, what do you what's uh, what's uh, in the pipeline? Um, you're triggered with my segue, you know, into more action based stuff. So I'm trying to get some more action kind of projects off the ground. Um, we're doing, we're, we're pretty far into development with one until COVID hit. Um, I think we would have shot it by now if it wasn't for this pandemic. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully next year we'll get something off the ground. Yeah, it's yeah. another like a, a take on a on a well used trope in in action films. It's another twist, um, and it's the same team as Triggered. Um, so we're glad we're keeping the family together. Yeah, awesome. we'll have to keep our eye out for that one. That old that that sounds fun. Um, uh, well, okay. When well, and Liesl, you had, did you did you think of something? <laughs> so no, I I shot a film last year just before actually just before we shot Triggered called The mm-hmm. Construct and the psychological thriller. And I I've 
been told that it might be released next year. So that's maybe something to awesome. look forward to. Um, yeah, and also I, I've been doing a lot of songwriting. You know, I've been lucky enough to to sign a publishing deal with an incredible artist, like South African artist, um, who signed to one of our biggest music labels called Just mm. Music SA. Um, and his album is coming out in November somewhere, and I wrote one of his songs. So oh, that's, oh, that's kind of awesome. Like a stepping stone into um, songwriting, which I, I really love doing. Um, and I also have like a little clothing label. So I've been busy during quarantine making stuff. I launched a mini bikini like label, kind of like a small range but um not for like not not size small just like it wasn't a big range (laughs) (laughs) my god you got a ton of stuff Um, going on then oh thanks thank you yeah so yeah that's what yeah oh my gosh you must you must like every day you've got something new you've got a you gotta tackle probably oh my gosh um well, uh, John, unless you have something else, um, I mean, you know, obviously this is a movie we can't spoil too often uh, and everything. So we want to uh, make sure that everybody goes and watches Triggered, which is uh, November 6th, if I recall. Um, uh, and it'll be on all the platforms, the on-demand digital and some theaters and everything like that. But uh, uh, but Liesl and Alistair, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. All right, we'd like to thank Sean Cameron Michael, Raina Swart, Alistair Orr, and Liesl Ehlers. Please check out their new movie, Triggered, available on demand and digital November 6th. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.